true, because the yeah. second you comment, we see you. We, see, your, you. we see your face. You're a real person. I mean, we don't <laughs> actually see you through, like, the camera on your phone. That's creepy. But, like, we can't see you. But we, we see that you're, see watching. you're watching. We see your name. We need to know where you're watching comments. from because we cannot see you. I'm sorry if it's just <laughs> William um. is watching about 12 feet away, he said. Yes. Kevin said watching from camera one. Hey. All right. Well, guys, we have a great broadcast for you today. Here's what's coming up today on Lunch Plus. First, we have who would win in a fight. We have some uh, interesting yep. scenarios for you today. Yep. In that, after that, we have a powerful time of prayer, followed by word sneak. Word sneak. Word sneak. That was for you, Barrett. I will never do that again. Um, but yes, we did word sneak, followed by what's the word? Pastor has a special word for you for today. Yeah. You are here at the right time because Pastor has a special word for you for today. Um, Baird said, "What?" I'm laughing at the comments. Baird said, "George and I are watching from a Starbucks drive-through in in Kata." In <laughs> it's, it's Connecticut. Uh, we're just gonna say Kata. Uh, Kevin says, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Somebody. I always feel like... Somebody. Ah, I, I missed that. You I don't know. It? My eyes just read right past he, that. He put Buddy. Somebody. somebody. Ah, That's ah. his name. His name's Buddy. Charlia says, I'm watching in our van as we are driving. Oh. Well, hello. I, she said we. Are... So if there's more people in the van, hi, everyone oh, in the yeah, Sacred Family. Oh, yeah, hi, everybody in the van. We A lot love of people are watching the car today. I know. Uh, William says, Kevin, this is the perfect time for Rockwell. <laughs> Julie says, watching from the media booth. Yeah. We got quite a few people watching from right here in the building. In They're the just like today. extra watching. They're watching with their eyes and mm. their phones. And their, you can't watch with your ears. <laughs> They're listening. So they're watching with their ears, too. <laughs> well, guys, it's family chat time. This is the part of the show where we have a family chat. Yep. Um, so we have... Some, they're kind of would you rather or like which team are you on yep. kind of scenarios. They are. So let's put up the first one and put in the comments which team you are on. Yeah. Are you team New Year's Eve or are you team Valentine's Day? Hmm. Again, super interesting team choices. Hmm. Um, I feel like the only people who are people, do you hear what I have? <laughs> people. <laughs> the only people who are ever team Valentine's Day are those in relationships. <laughs> Everybody else That's is, true. is not. That's, That's true. Is, well, it's sorry, Barry just said blind people watch with their ears. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that works. Well, she says blind people watch with their ears. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Priscilla says team New Year's Eve. William says, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day is made up holiday to sell cards and cheap chocolate. That's probably yes. accurate. Yes. Uh, Barrett said, Valentine's Day. Deb says, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve. Charlie says, New Year's Day for sure. Hannah's birthday is the next day. Oh. Wow. That's awesome. It's good it's New not Year's New Year's Day. Day <laughs> yeah, that's true. then everybody, I have a friend whose birthday is New Year's Day, and I feel really? bad for her. Because at midnight, when it turns her birthday, everyone's, no one, no one celebrates. Like, yeah. Everyone's just celebrating the New Year. That's true. Well, I mean, like, my, my older sister, she has a, a Christmas birthday. It's not Christmas uh, Day, but it's, like, several days afterwards. And it's, like, uh, everyone's so excited about Christmas, you know? Yeah. That, my dad's birthday is the day after Christmas, and sometimes yeah. I forget. Sometimes because, it's like, oh, it's dad's birthday! Like, yeah, because <laughs> everyone's, like, focused on Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, Barrett says, George is New Year's Eve. 
George is New Year's George, Eve. George is George is New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Wow, that's... Oh, his... <laughs> Wait, did you not get it? I thought she was making a joke. I was like, <laughs> okay. George is... Okay. But no, she's saying I think his, the way I his read it side. His yes. side is New, his Year's team, New Year's Eve. His team. Kevin says, I'm not a fan of New Year's Eve, but New Year's Day is excellent. <gasps> Pastor Regina sure. Walker, hello. She said you have one of the bad, best ads ever. I know mm -hmm. her. I, thank you for being on today. It's good to see you. Paris <laughs> says George is the holiday. George is the holiday. Yes. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the thing about New Year's Eve, because it was Team New Year's Eve, right? That's what it said, not New Year's Day. Yeah, New Year's Eve. Um, <clears> see, <throat> I'm not a night owl, so like Serena and I, the last couple of years, unless we're like at a, a party, yeah. you know, a New Year's party with friends, uh, holy friends, um, we uh, don't stay up. Yeah. <laughs> we go to bed. Yeah, the last and New Year's Eve, up. last New Year's Eve, I was like, I was like, yeah. so Valentine's Day doesn't require, you know, um, staying up late at night. Well, apparently George has just turned into a national holiday now. <laughs> William says, I will happily celebrate George's national holiday. <laughs> From this point forward, New Year's Eve will forever be known as George Day. George Day. Happy George Day, everyone. Yay! Like, that's going to be great. All right, next team scenario thingy. Next question. Team barefoot or team shoes? Um, let's, here, here, here's what we're going to do. How about... In the house. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Shoes. That makes more sense. If outside of the house, who's going to go bare? Okay, who has like a rule when you walk in the house, you have to take your shoes off? We don't have that. Um, well, growing up, I had that because we had a white carpet. So like, you have mm -hmm. a white carpet. You don't wear your shoes in mm -hmm. on a white carpet. So mm -hmm. like, well, I didn't even have like, uh, whatchamacallit, slippers. Like, I can't, I can't wear slippers. Like, I, um, I have slippers, and I've tried. I just never think about putting them I on. always wear socks. Um, oh, that's okay. another question, too, is, like, inside and socks or no socks? That's like, true. I'd say socks would count. Okay. Wow. Regina says barefoot, I think. Me. It went away. Pastor Nicole said something really long that I really wish I could have read that because it, it looks like it's entertaining. <laughs> Charlia says team shoes. Deb just put a bunch of shoe emojis. Johnny says shoes. Barrett says shoes. Eo says socks. Yeah, so I guess socks can count, right? Kevin says, interpretation, slippers equals house shoes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Priscilla says, I like to go, oh, you're right, yeah, so slippers are shoes. Um, Priscilla says, I like to go outside barefoot and do some grounding, but I'm a shoe girl. Mm. I gotcha. Barrett says, both nowers are team shoes. I'm glad she didn't say both nowers are shoes. <laughs> <laughs> now they're, they're holiday, now they're I'm going to call this one George and this one Mary. No, um, William says, I'm half and half. half like and half, half cream? Like, I'm like half, half and half. Shoes are weird inside and bare feet are cold. Socks are the happy medium. Yes, I That's always true. am wearing socks, always. If I'm not wearing socks, my feet are cold. Amen. Uh, Pastor Nicole says, I love shoes and boots. And while I do not have a sh no shoes rule, I'm definitely a team barefoot. And sorry, <laughs> my coffee's doing something weird in my throat. <laughs> it's doing something real weird. And I, and I do that inside and outside. I don't. I'm just waiting like, for the words to come out. The coffee's like making a bunch of bubbles. I'm glad we got there. <laughs> we got that. there. We made it, guys. It took some time. We made it. But we made it. 
Luke, Luke said team barefoot. Baird said I am shoes. I am shoes. William said I, I concur. Baird, Baird am, am shoes. shoes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, what funny. a fun time. What a fun it's time. Funny. All right, next team thing. <laughs> next team thing. Team introvert or team extrovert. Whoa. Here we go. See, now this is one that... That's <laughs> that's different. Oh, Barrett said Buddy is so red. <laughs> it's just the salmon. The salmon on my shirt. Salmon. Oh, um, oh Julie, Julie extrovert. Julie Buck, extrovert, William. Introvert. Introvert. I wonder, do you, is there like a percentage of the, like how, I'm, I'm sure there's been a percentage done of how many people are extrovert versus introvert. Mm. I'm not sure. It probably also differs <laughs> based on like culture and stuff mm. too. Rachel um, said extrovert. Johnny said introvert. Kevin said I think y'all know. Introvert. Introvert. Definitely. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, Candy. <laughs> She's just laughing at me. Candy said hi, Mooka. That was my childhood nickname. That's my sister, Candy. Oh, hi. is that is that where your Instagram? It is Mooka Biloba. The full thing is Mooka Biloba, but don't gank. Uh, that's okay. That's, that's what happens when you have a sister that's ten years older. And has a very strong understanding of things and can just make your childhood very weird. Yeah. Just, you know. I, so. I'm glad I finally understood that. I never <laughs> asked. Uh, Pastor Nicole says, team introvert. Yes, I'm, I'm on team introvert. Mm. Um, Regina says, depends on Depend. whom I'm around. That's true. Yeah, that I can true. see that. Natalie is extrovert. Barrett, team extrovert. George, team introvert. Mm. It's always great when an extrovert and an introvert. Get mm -hmm. married. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlia says introvert, but Hannah says extrovert for her. Mm -hmm. I got you. Mm -hmm. um, Priscilla said I scare introvert. Because <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla's definitely team in <laughs> extrovert. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, William said, I think you just spoke some dead Viking language when you said your nickname. Mooka beluga beluga. Whatever it was. Um, Candy says, I don't know if I'm introvert or an extrovert. What do you think? Um, I think Being she, family. I think she's an extrovert. Like, <laughs> I think she's an extrovert, but she does love being home with her animals and watching TV. So she you. likes the, she likes the quiet life. I got but, you. but she's a, she's very people oriented. Yeah. See, here, here, here's the, the difference between introvert and extrovert. Because a lot of people kind of assume that extroverts are just the loud and like, in your face kind of people, which like, for the most part, that is true. But I know people who are like that, who are actually introverts. It's yeah. how do you recharge? Yeah. Do you need to be at home kind of by yourself or just with, with your family or, you know, is that how you recharge or do you recharge around people? Like being around people just charges you up, yeah. you know, or does it drain you? That's kind of how you figure it out because mm -hmm. there are people who are, who are really quiet and, you know, you would assume they're in, they're an introvert, but in reality, they're actually thriving on that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not just like how loud a person is. It's really just how do they... Barrett says, teach, teach it, buddy. buddy. I learned a lot about this recently <laughs> um, with the Myers-Briggs stuff. Yep. Anyway, um, so guys, whoa, hey, we're out of time. Guys, for family chat. Yeah. We have so much more for we you do. today on the broadcast. There's yeah. so much going on. It's going to be awesome. Guys, take these next like 20 seconds, like and share the broadcast, and we're going to see you right on the other side with who would win in a fight. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great.
Hello. What's going on, Lunch Plus family? How are you today? Uh, boy, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. to be on it. I was thinking I that too. we were, I was thinking that we were going to have a host. So I'm I, like, I was oh, too. just and us. This is, well, okay, guess it's me and Kevin. Okay. <laughs> we are the host. We are we the host. Are, All we, right. We are the host. Well, I am, of course, Kevin Nowicki, and this is my good friend. Uh, you are who? <laughs> You're such a good friend. I'm such a good friend. Oh my goodness, William, William Aldrich, yes. yes. And we are doing uh, Who Would Win in a Fight? We're super excited. Uh, clearly, I mean, if we were, he and I were to fight, obviously yeah, well, he would uh, win. What are you talking about? But it's <laughs> not going to be us. <laughs> it's not going to be us, thankfully. We have thankfully. a couple, uh, we've got a couple examples to go over. We do. And uh, we're going to have some fun today. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am very excited. All right. All very right. interesting. All right, so you ready? I am very ready. All right, let's do this. Let's get going. Go for it. Who do, who's up first? Who would win in this fight? There we go. Oh, I've got the Kool-Aid man. I have the Michelin man. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Are you wanting to start? I think you should start. Oh, this is weakness. See, you've got, you've, got the more, you've got the more force behind you. Awesome. All right, all right, cool. So um, the Kool-Aid man, mm -hmm. okay? The Kool-Aid man busts through brick walls. It's very true. This guy is tough. Mm -hmm. Not a scratch on him. The walls like explode when he busts through, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that. There is that. The Michelin man is made of rubber. Mm. He doesn't bust through anything. He bounces off things. That's very, he does bounce off of things, but the Kool-Aid man can't break through the strong walls of his tires. <laughs> the rubber is too powerful. I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think so because you know why? It's not been tried. I'm telling you right now, the Kool-Aid man busts through brick walls. He can bust through sidewalls. Ah, I mean, it, if you threw a big pitcher of Kool-Aid at a tire, I mean, which one you think's gonna hold up? If you threw a big pitcher at a brick wall, which would hold up? Of course, <laughs> the brick wall. But we're talking about the Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid man. Eh, well, is the Kool-Aid man the juice or the pitcher, though? He is. He he's he's the stuff. I mean. He, he, so does he really break through the wall, or is he just in like this exosuit of glass? If he's just juice, Michelin Man wins. He can soak up the juice into his tires. Since when does rubber soak stuff up? Hmm? Oh, no. Why did I think that they were like... <laughs> I'm... I, okay. To, to, ex, to explain where my head went with that one, I saw an ad for some... I, I think it was... I don't even think it was Michelin, I think it was like Blackstone tires. And they made this airless tire that soaks up water as you drive. So that, that's cool. So that the water's the suspension. Anyways, that's completely off topic. I think, <laughs> I think you're right on this one. I have to argue for the Michelin man, but I think you're right. <laughs> All right, so guys, what do you think? What do you think? Is it the Kool-Aid man? And, and yes, Buddy Crabtree, it is Kool-Aid with a K. That's, a, that's cool. Uh, is it the Kool-Aid man who wins, or is it the Michelin man? Tell us what you think. Mm. I still think the Kool-Aid man's got you. Mm. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got? What do we got? Mm. Buddy says the Kool-Aid man. What? What did he say? The Kool-Aid uh, man, the juice. the juice, or the jar? Oh, yeah, that, that that's that's going to keep me up tonight, I think. I think so. I am totally going to struggle sleeping because I'm going to be like, man, is he the juice or the jar? It's a good, yeah, that is a good question. Wow. <laughs> uh, Johnny says, "I was thinking the Pillsbury Doughboy." You're not. You're probably not wrong. Like I get the I get the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the Pillsbury Doughboy, and the Michelin Man confused. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thank that you. That was funny. Okay, Buddy thinks it's the uh, Buddy still thinks it's the Kool Aid Man. All my right. mother, my mother says, "Bless." 
that's my mom for you. Eos is Michelin Man, so there you go. Marky's just laughing, She's which nice. is understandable. <laughs> Barrett, Barrett's in for the Kool-Aid Man. Come on. Awesome. <laughs> Johnny said the Michelin Man is just the doughboy after P90X. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Oh. I love it. Oh, it's wonderful. All right. What does Pastor Nicole say? She says Michelin Man does make the world go round. You do have a point there. You do have a very good point there. The, then the Michelin Man would be dizzy and the Kool-Aid Man would knock him out. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Just, ooh, ooh, All right, so I, I think it was pretty close, but I think there is an edge to the Michelin man. So praise God, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> All right, next up, what do we got? What do we have? This is going to be fun. This will be interesting. Oh, ooh. Indiana ooh. Jones and Han Solo. Ooh. I'm so excited I have Indiana Jones. I am I'm excited that I have Han Solo, yes. <laughs> well, because I went first last time. I should go for it. Okay, so it's, it's a real-life explorer versus a space cowboy. How do you beat that? I mean, Indiana Jones has his whip, but Han Solo's got a blaster. you got to get close with a whip. You can just pow, and he's dead. I go on. That's interesting, I, and I see where you're at with that. Mm -hmm. But you do forget that Han Solo was actually very good with his pistol as well. Mm -hmm. Don't forget he had a revolver. Okay, He used uh, it rarely, but he did, in fact, use that it. That is a good point. Now, most of the time, he used it in a non-deadly way. But when the Nazis came... That is very true. I, yeah. I completely forgot about that yeah. scene. Yeah, and he went up against, like, a Nazi tank. That's true. And the whole Nazi army. That's very true. And Han Solo went up against a bunch of gooey guys, you know, with snot coming out of their nose and all this stuff. That's, that is very true. Yeah. But Han Solo has Millennium Falcon. What does he have? Like a Studebaker? That thing is... Have you ever been in a Studebaker? No. Me neither, but those things are cool. I mean, split and, space blaster ship versus 1930s construction. I mean... And did you... He was in the, he was in the motorcycle with the sidecar and his dad? Oh, I mean, well, I, I mean, Sean can. I mean, yeah. And he had his wits. He did, he Han did Solo have his wits. is not witty. Han Solo is just a big galoot. And he, was, and he was frozen in time. He, like, was, he was frozen. But if a man can survive freezing and being brought back, I think that deserves respect. <laughs> Can't argue with that logic. I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> but, he's, but he's got a good point. Han Solo went up against a galactic empire. Indiana Jones stole the Ark of the Covenant, which is unbiblical. <laughs> there you go. Barrett says Han Solo is nothing without Chewie. That is true. He had to have a sidekick. Uh, he had to have a sidekick. In fact, uh, Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. the people that were supposed to be his sidekicks were rarely, like, help. They were actually hurting him. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, Belloc turned in the end, so. That's, Who? Hmm? Don't, you remember the, don't you remember the French guy from the first movie? Yes. Yeah. No. No, okay. I don't yeah. remember. I was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do remember. Yeah, 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 from the first one. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So there you have it. There, there we have it, someone. He was not even a good guy. He wasn't. Jeez. All right, and he did go after the the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. He did, right? Yep. Um, and truly, that is not biblical. Um, but he also went after the the chalice. That is true. Yeah, he did. He did choose the right cup. He did choose the right cup, and he had faith to walk across the bridge Ooh. that Ooh. wasn't there. Ah, you you're th you're throwing out the biblical part of Indiana Jones that I was neglecting to mention. Yes. Whew. I don't know how I can go up against that. Help me in the comments. Someone throw something at me. 
All right. Indiana Ooh. Barrett says Indiana Jones's dad is Sean Connery. May he rest in peace. That's true. Yes. I yes. don't know who said it. I think it was. I think it was Candy. Han Solo. Indiana Jones just ran from rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Julie says Indiana Jones was a man of faith. Praise God, and we're men of faith. We must true. support our brother. That is true. Hallelujah. <laughs> buddy says he cast his vote for Han Solo. Barrett, All right. Uh, Barrett says, buddy, solid argument. Very Julie nice. says Indiana Jones was a man of faith. Cast down my vote for Hansel. Okay, praise God. Yep. All right, so I think we have got a pretty good spread here. What do you think? Should we call it? Mm, I think we should call it. I think you've got this one. You think I got it? I think you, I think yes. you got it. So we split today. I think we have. All right. Well, that was... <laughs> do we, have, we don't have any more, right? Um, I, maybe. Should we just duke it out? All right, guys, that was really fun. Thank you for uh, for being with us uh, for this uh, segment of who would win. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to move on to Buddy for the prayer. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's Are do you it. Ready? See you guys. See you. guys, welcome to prayer. Uh, I like how uh, Kevin said it. We're moving on to Buddy with a prayer. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just really enjoyed that. All right, guys. Well, welcome to prayer. This is um, right, right now. We're just going to take the next couple minutes, and we're just going to take some time to pray and seek the Lord's face. Um, but before we do that, though, we like every single broadcast, we want to make a confession we want to make a biblical confession, calling out to God, speaking the word of God over our lives. And today we're going to be in confession number three. And I want you to declare this confession wherever you're at as we're getting ready to enter into this time of prayer. Uh, make this confession uh, with me. If you'll put it on the screen, let's make this confession together. We have divine health in our bodies now, and we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. Let's say that one more time and, and make it personal. Just, just declare this out loud with your mouth. I have divine health in my body now, and I carry an anointing for supernatural healing. I'm telling you, the, the Bible says uh, in, in 2 Peter, it says, by his stripes you were healed. That's, what, that's where we're declaring this. That, that's what's making us declare that we have divine health in our bodies now. Because 2,000 years ago, by his stripes, we received that healing. And we can walk and we flow in an anointing for supernatural he health, uh, for supernatural healing. That's where the Bible says in Mark chapter 16 that you, this, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils, they'll do some other things. But it says they will lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So, so guys, I want to encourage you, you know, as we make those confessions, we're not just saying something that sounds nice. We're declaring the word of God over our lives. But now let's just take a couple minutes. And let's just seek the face of God. Let's just pray. Pray with me. You know, agree with me. Let's pray together um, today. Father God, right now we just lift you high. God, you are faithful. You are good. And God, we just, we just want to take some time to give thanks to you. Father, thank you, God, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Father, thank you that you don't withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Father, thank you, God, that by... His stripes we were healed. Father, thank you that we have healing and strength because you are faithful and good. 
Father, th God, there are so many things to be thankful for. God, thank, God, thank you that every, thank you for every single person watching this broadcast today. God, I pray supernatural grace and peace on all of their lives. Father, I pray, Lord, that their eyes of their understanding, God, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of you. Father, God, let today be the best day they've ever had. God, let today, God, your word says that the path of the righteous is like the morning sun. It just gets brighter and brighter until the full light of day. So, Father, thank you that every day of our lives, it just gets better and better and better. Father, I thank you that things don't just get worse and worse, but it gets better because we have you, because you are with us. You are for us. God, I pray, Lord, that, that for every single person watching today, God, I pray, Lord, that your grace and your peace will guide them throughout this day. God, I know that this, is a cra this can be potentially be a crazy day in our nation. God, as people are going and, and uh, voting today, Father, I pray right now that you will just put peace on the hearts of people. God, that people won't be rustling around in anxiety and fear. Is my candidate going to win? What's going to happen? God, that's not who we are. God, you keep us in perfect peace whose minds are fixed on you. So, Father God, I thank you that tomorrow we will be kept in perfect peace. God, four years from now, we will be in perfect peace because our eyes will always be on you. Father God, right now, I just lift this nation up to you. I lift the nation of United States of America up to you. Father, as these elections are taking place, God, and as different people are trying to set up different schemes, Father, I thank you that, one of, that, that your word says that no weapon formed against us can prosper. And Father God, I thank you more than that. God, I thank you that you, you said in your word, you said to Abraham that you will spare a nation if there were only 10 righteous people in it. And so, Father, I thank you that you're not sending your wrath against America because there's more than 10 righteous people in it. Can someone put amen in the comments? Amen. There's more than 10 righteous people in America, and because of that, God, your protection and your, your healing will be on this nation. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will use your church to rise up and to spark this awakening that's going to be taking place in this nation. Father, there is a great awakening about to take place. It, it might start in this nation, it might not, but whatever happens, Father, there's going to be an awakening taking place. And Father God, I thank you that you are preparing this nation for a great awakening, for signs and wonders and miracles, for supernatural, uh, for, for supernatural things, for an advancement of your kingdom like we've never seen before. God, we thank you, God, that whatever happens today, God, we look to you and we have peace in you and we trust you, we love you, we honor you, we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining us for that time of prayer. Uh, and now we're going to be moving on to our next segment. We got Word Sneak. It's going to be awesome with me and William. It's going to be great. We'll see you right there. Good morning. 
Afternoon. Is it afternoon at this it's point? It's two minutes afternoon. Ah, so I suppose it, it is. Here's the thing. When it's 12 o'clock, what do you say? Good noon? Oh, that's a good... Like 12 o'clock at zero seconds. Ooh. Ooh. That's like when it hits 12 o'clock midnight. Technically, it's the next day, so I guess you say afternoon. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. 12 p.m. midnight to 11.59 a.m. is day, I guess. That makes sense. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from, but, you know, know, like, I've always wondered that. Like, do you say good noon to people when it's noon? I don't know. Good night. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think? Kevin said good night. Good day. Oh, good day. Oh, good day. That, that, that's easier. Yeah, I guess that does Good make day, it. mate. That makes a lot more sense. Good eye, mate. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, also say good lunch. Good lunch. Good lunch. Good lunch. <laughs> um, yep. Kevin yep. Buck literally said, say good day. Good day. <laughs> hey. You guys are definitely Kevin's. Yep. All right, well, guys, welcome to Word Sneak. This is the, this is the segment where uh, we have to make, we have to have a casual conversation. Um, <laughs> casual. Casual conversation. Um, what was the word yesterday? Uh, cordial. 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 We, we have, we're, gonna, we're about to have a cordial conversation. A cordial chat. Uh, cordial chat with um, words that are pretty uncordial. Yeah. If uncordial is a word. Yeah, I suppose um, it is. So we have a list of words in our hands um, that are interesting words. Um, and so we're going to be having a cordial chat while trying to sneak, sneak these words into the conversation. All right? That's funny, because words sneak. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, Kevin Nowicki, give us a topic. What are we going to talk about? Uh, uh, the be being indecisive. The Navy. <laughs> the Navy. Wait, the Navy. Okay, let's talk about the Navy. Let's talk about the Navy. <laughs> okay. Um, do you know a lot about the Navy? Yeah, um, most of my uncles were in the Navy. Well, technically, I only have one uncle, but uh, yeah. my grandmother on my dad's side, all her brothers were in the Navy. Okay. Yeah. So, and one of the things I always thought was really weird is like the dress blues. Like, I always like the Marine dress blues, the Army dress blues, but Navy is weird. Like, is it, are they the ones that have like the little bow tie in there? Uh, I, no. Is, well, which one is that? Is that the, uh, is that the Air Force? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Um, there's a very little known fact, but in the Navy, they have an advanced um, robotics, uh, a, an advanced robotics, you know, section yeah. in the Navy. Yeah. Um, so like Boston Dynamics. Yeah. yeah. So, so they've been they've been actually creating uh, different, like a like RoboCop. Like, mm -hmm. the, yeah. RoboCop actually exists. Um, also, hmm. Terminator. They like. Really? Yeah. The Terminator actually exists in the Navy. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's really strange. Wait, where, was, where were those movies set? Was that Chicago? I think it was Chicago. Was it Chicago? Yeah, anyway. Anyways, every time I think of Chicago, I think of Die Hard. And mm. I, and people, people always like, discuss whether or not that's a Christmas movie or not, but you've yeah. got like, Christmas trees everywhere. You've got mistletoe hanging. You got, I mean, there's that's all you need for a Christmas movie? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> that, I mean, that and the fact they talk about that it's Christmas. I mean, yeah. you got Christmas. Hey, I can't talk. Christmas music playing on the radio as well. So. so I'm assuming you're on the side of, of uh, you think it's a Christmas movie. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I'm. I'm on the other side, actually. I don't. Really? I don't see it. Like, if you that movie doesn't exude Christmas to me, it yeah, exudes, well. um, like. Terrorism. <laughs> you know, I like it's not. It's not puppies and rainbows. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely. Te not. It's terrorism. It's very much terrorism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I think could be put on the same level as terrorism? Terrorism? Yeah, well, that, but also, <laughs> also bell, bottom, bell bottoms. I don't uh, like bell bottoms at all. I would never true. wear them. I don't like looking at them. They're mm -hmm. just ugly. They needed, to, they needed to die in the 70s. Yeah, they're coming back, aren't they? Really? 
Yeah, I, I believe so. I, I feel like oh. we're starting to come back. Like all these weird trends are starting to come back. Yeah, like like alpaca fur. What is it? Jackets and all. Yeah, yeah. it's not clothing is weird for me. Yeah, or like the the lays. Oh, sorry, I just the, whacked my my microphone. The, like the lays, you know, like that the you chips? wear. No, 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 no. The ones that you wear like for a luau. Oh, oh, you mean you mean a lay? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. The, I think those are coming back. Well, like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, su he's, I'm you're, surprised. He's I'm not, not wearing, wearing one, one today, but you know they're coming back. Yeah, I, I had Wait, one. Uh, Johnny Shaver said Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. That's very true. Um. Anyway. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, there was a. Uh, since it's cold outside, I was gonna wear my uh, Hawaiian shirt that's like made out of burlap. It's got like a toucan on the back. But, toucan Sam? Yeah, sort of toucan Sam. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I was gonna wear that. But speaking of Hawaiian shirts, anyways. Wait, was toucan your word? Huh? Was was toucan toucan no. was not my word. Oh, you just wanted to no, say No, I just wanted to say toucan Sam. All right, well, you know, speaking of terrorism, um, you know, the Nazis were bad. The Nazis were very bad. They were very bad. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, very bad. Well, that's, well, that's that's good to talk about. Yeah, you know? it's good to talk about. Well, it's wonderful I mean, to talk about. Well, the Nazis are World War Two. Let's yeah. let's move back to World War One. Go all the way back to World. All War. the way back to World War One. Like like propaganda cartoons and all that. Yeah, you like know, the, like instead of Fred yelling Wilma, I was like Hitler. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just like that. Well, because it was World War One that you know they had the the. They had the big long guns, you know, with the bayonets at the end. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. they would kind of charge people. Yep. It was. It was. Doesn't yeah. sound very um, happy. Appealing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite movies is set in World War One. Nineteen Seventeen. Picked it up the other day. I like really? it. Really? Yep. That's awesome. That is wonderful. That is awesome. Well, you know. <laughs> You know, let's jump back even more wars. Let's go all the way, all <laughs> all the way, way back, back to the Revolutionary Whoa, War. Whoa, that's the very beginning. Of, of all wars. Of all, no wars happened before that. <laughs> no, you know? that's, that's true. None of His, the wars. As, as George, um, not, not just George Washington, but George Knauer would say, history began in 1776. That's Come what on. he would say. But uh, I already, you know, George Washington. George Washington. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> what well, the heck? You still going? Yeah, I got, I got another one. Did you already use all your words? Oh, yeah, all, all, of, mine what have, the heck? all of mine have been done. <laughs> what in the world? Okay, well, you know, <laughs> speaking of wars. <laughs> I, have no you, I have no clue where this is going to go, but I'm well, assuming it's going to be very funny. Well, you know how, like, German shepherds are often known as, like, they're the war dogs? Mm -hmm. Or they're, like, you know, you, yeah. they, they're used a lot in policing and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, a breed of dog that's been coming out now. Mm -hmm. That that it's it it's like the the bunny mm -hmm. in uh, in Monty Python and Holy Grail, oh, you know, that's, that's where it looks favorite. super sweet, yeah, but it's so actually nice. vicious and deadly. Ah. Uh, it's that, the teacup poodle. Ah. It's it's actually a very deadly animal. Yeah, go for the jugular. Just mm. jump really high. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very interesting. <laughs> yes, very much so. Well, that well, that was uh, that conversation took a bit of a turn. Yep. It took a very interesting turn. It did. <laughs> but, all right, well, guys, thank you for joining us for Word Sneak. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see you right on the other side of this short video. We are going to just take some extra time to pray today. Um, so, so we'll see you right there um, in like 5 to 10 to 20 seconds. We're going to just take some time and pray. Maybe even 30. Uh, maybe could, even 30. Could be longer. Wow. Mm. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? All right, well, guys, we love you. We'll see you. We'll see you in just a couple seconds for a time of prayer.
Hello, it's me again. I don't know why I just did that, but I did. Guys, we're just going to take some extra time to pray um, as, as we're, you know, pastor's on his way in, and we're just going to take this, these next couple minutes and just keep praying. Um, there's a powerful word that God has for us today. And, uh, and so as we just take this time to pray, uh, I just want to encourage you to build up your expectation you know, because Pastor shared with us, you see it, it's in, the, it's in the title of this. It's a special word for today. So I don't know what you're going through today. You know, I've heard, um, you know, different people say, you know, where the, the, the message of the broadcast that, that we've been, that's been shared on the broadcast has been exactly what they needed for that day. There's even been people, you know, who, who have reached out, you know, with different problems and, and they didn't recognize that we actually dealt with those, those exact things on the broadcast. So let's just take some time to pray and build up our expectation for the word that we're about to receive today. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for the word that you've put in Pastor's spirit for today. Father, I thank you that it is a fresh word for today. I thank you, Lord, God, that, that it's going to change our lives. Father, I thank you that there is a life-changing word uh, that we're getting ready to hear today. And God, as we, are exp- as we are building up our expectation on the word, as we're building up our faith on the word, God, I just thank you. God, I thank you. I thank- we thank you so much, Lord, for what you're about to do today. Father, thank you that your mercies are new every single morning and every afternoon. God, I thank you that your mercies are new every single day. So, Father, I thank you that you have new mercies for us today. You have good things lined up for us today. And, God, I pray that today, God, we will not miss out on the good things that you have for us. God, let us never miss out on the good things that you have for us today. God, I pray, Lord, that you will, you will prepare our hearts and prepare our spirits to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And, Father God, I just thank you again for what you're doing. I thank you that you are faithful and good. And God, right now, I just want to take some time to pray uh, for, for everyone who's watching today. God, I pray, Lord, that you will bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Father, as Barrett and George are traveling and, and driving, God, I pray, Lord, that you will protect them and, and, and be with them. God, give them wisdom. God, give them, uh, give them sharp eyes to see whatever might be going on around them. Father, let them, uh, let them drive down the road in safety and in peace. In Jesus' name, Father, we love you. We honor you. You are faithful, God. You are so faithful. You are so good. Thank you, Father. God, you are faithful and good. Father, we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for your mercy and your grace. Father, we thank you that you are an ever-present help in time of need. So, Father God, right now, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We come boldly before you. God, we're not sheepish. We are your children. So we come boldly before your throne. And we thank you that you will give us wisdom and help. Uh, God, you will give us wisdom and grace. You will empower us in this time. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good, Father. Father God, I thank you that you are about to give us a fresh feeling of joy today. Father, I thank you that joy, God, with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. Father, I thank you that with joy, 
God, in your presence is fullness of joy. It's not despair. It's not anxiety or fear. In your presence is fullness of joy. So, Father God, let your joy fill us up right now. God, let your joy be with us. And God, as your joy is with us, we will draw from the wells of salvation. We will draw uh, from those wells. We'll draw intimacy with you from those wells. We'll draw peace from those wells and hope from those wells. Father, we draw right now, we draw health and strength from those wells. We, we draw provision and, and prosperity from those wells, Father, with joy because we know you work all things together. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, you are with us. You are for us. And we love you, Lord. Father, thank you. God, thank you again for this word that we're about to receive. God, thank you for your anointing that's going to be on Pastor and Kevin as they share this word today. God, as they speak your word today, God, thank you that the anointing is going to break the yoke in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that the anointing is going to break the yokes of bondage today in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you that today, 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 God, we receive new mercies from you. Today, we receive exactly what you have for us. Today is a new day. Father, thank you that today is going to be the best day we've ever had. Father, thank you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for prayer part two. <laughs> um, we are so excited uh, we're so excited for the word that's about to, that, that, that pastor is about to give us today. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. Guys, take some time right now to like and share this broadcast. Uh, I'm telling you, this word is going to change lives. So please, we want to encourage you, like and share this broadcast. If there's, if there's someone that, that the Lord's putting on, on your spirit and on your heart, hey, this person needs to know this word. I want to encourage you, share this with that person so that they can experience all that God has for them. We walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. That, amen. Guys, so take some time right now, like and share the broadcast. Uh, and we're going to see you in just a couple seconds for What's the Word with Pastor Brian as we talk about where are we today. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We'll see you right there. Love you guys. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to What's the Word today. What's up, dude? I'm so excited to be on here with you Amen. today. Amen. It's going to be a wonderful good. privilege. Yes, sir. Amen. What's the word today? And one of the things that we talked about. Oh, thank you, Priscilla. I see Priscilla already. She sewed into the broadcast. Hallelujah. We just pray that that is blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is just where are we? Where are we? And today is election day. Yeah. And uh, it's a good day to figure out where we're at. I voted. 
by golly, I got my voting pin today. Evidence. <laughs> they, they weren't giving <laughs> stickers because I asked it on the Instagram story this morning. Hey, Barrett, good to see you. We love y'all. And uh, Barrett and George are traveling uh, today, so they're not here, but she's watching. Uh, so when we voted today, you know, they always give a sticker. And I, and I put it on the Instagram. I was like, did you really vote if you didn't get a sticker? Because apparently... Everybody has to post that they voted yeah. in order to be official. Yeah. And point to their sticker. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if it actually counts on the election. Did you get a sticker? Did you get a sticker? Have you gotten a sticker? I didn't get a sticker. They gave me a pen. So I made, I made it. They like, actually... I want oh. you to know they give the, the special people pens. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah the I'm super special, special people, they get pens. Yeah, the super special people, they'll give you a pen from China. <laughs> No matter how you voted. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. Great idea, guys. <laughs> Let's give all the voters that waited to show up in person a pin. <laughs> From China. From China. Yeah. <laughs> I might be messing a little bit. I think so. Oh, Holly says she didn't get a pin or a sticker. <laughs> well, I actually read a post this morning. A friend of mine had went uh, to cast her vote in Vermont, where I grew up. Yeah. <clears throat> and when she arrived, she had to sign uh, an affidavit that said that she had received her uh, mail ballot and yeah. that she destroyed it and threw it away, and she intended to cast yeah. a ballot today. So I thought, well, that was that's kind of interesting. So it's kind of an on-your-honor system. You get yeah. to throw away your mail-in ballot, and we hope that you're honorable and you didn't oh, actually wow. vote twice. Yeah. Wow, that's so, not good. Right. So we'll see, because Vermont has approximately 500,000 people. So if a million people voted in Vermont, we'll know. We'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and not only that, but I heard uh, somebody got a mail-in ballot. Ballot. Mm -hmm. Ballot. And uh, that's what you do when you park your car. Ballot. Um, <laughs> but they got a mail-in ballot that they didn't ask for. And then when they showed up, today they couldn't vote because they had received a mail-in ballot. So they just, they didn't ask for it. Somebody sent it to them, they threw it away. And um, so now they effectively lost their vote in that way. So this is why you don't mess with a good system. <laughs> just right. keep it simple, right. you know. There's yeah. a, a K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miss Deb said she didn't get a sticker or a pen e either. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. When you were in the service, did you vote absentee? Um, no, I don't think I did because, so I was, that would have been the very first time I was voting. Right. I was registered, but I was literally on that date. Where was I? It would have been right after I, basic. Yeah, you it just was. Graduated. It was. And I was, I think I was on the bus that day and I didn't get to vote oh. and I really wanted to yeah. um, I was and I didn't but I wasn't home long enough and they didn't have it set up as easy today to come in right. to you know like the absentee places right so I it caught me right in the middle of leave from boot camp and going back to combat training I didn't get it so I see okay I was it was unfortunate but okay. I wish I would have well I did I got to vote absentee at that time and it yeah. was it was it was simple 
Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, mailed it back to him and, and, uh, and, uh, Sandy Harris, the clerk, town clerk at the time, yeah. you know, she took care of it for me and that was, that was great. So yeah. I felt like that was a really good process for, for soldiers, sailors and airmen at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. but this whole thing going on where it's mailed to your home and all. I'm yeah. I fan. don't, I, I don't know. Miss Marilyn says she got a pen too. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Miss Marilyn was here with us yesterday in the, uh, in the studio. That was awesome. That we was. are so glad to have you. What a blessing. So, Hey, listen guys, uh, put in the comments right now, uh, who's watching, where you're watching from. And if you voted already, drop it in there. I voted and, uh, do it all cap. So everybody knows because, you know, did you really, if you don't make a big deal about it? Right. Yeah. Point to your sticker, too, if you yeah. can do that in your comments. Point to your sticker. I voted. Voted. I'm American. That's awesome. Yeah, it God. is. We. It is a really good. Everybody should vote. Everybody should. That's so right. That's even right. if you disagree with me, you should still vote. Yeah. That's your right. You should vote. That's right. Uh, that's what I love about this country. It's awesome. So. And here's the thing, too. Uh, something that hit me today. <gasps> this is. Yes. Julie said she voted and got a sticker and a pen. <gasps> What kind of garbage <laughs> system? That's, that's some of that Cabarrus County witchcraft. <laughs> Man, got a sticker in a pen. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Can y'all believe that? She's privileged. She says, I'm here at the church. She got a pen and a sticker. Priscilla, you got one too? Oh, my word. Good gracious. Julie said, have you met me? I'm likable. <laughs> okay. Somebody please go get Pastor a sticker now. <laughs> Make a sticker. Make a sticker. Yeah. Got you got some sticker. duct tape back there, Priscilla. Make it happen. I voted. <laughs> it's a good day. Hallelujah. It's a good day. And, and it is a privilege. It is a privilege that we get to vote. Yes, it's it really our right. Is, yeah. It is our right. But you know what? It's a privilege. There's folks in, in countries that don't get this privilege. No. That they get their leadership shoved down yeah. their throat. Yeah. Well, and there's many places where they have votes, but they're literally standing outside the door with a gun telling them, you will vote for this person. That's right. And uh, so, no, no, we have democracy here, yeah. but they really don't. They have yeah. a a system of force yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, and it, it's not good. So right. Priscilla gave me a sticker in the comments. Thank you, Priscilla. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, today, you know, just in looking at this, uh, we talked about this a few months ago on Sunday morning uh, about where are we, where, where are we located, what's going on, and I want to share that. I really felt led to share it again today, and I want to give you a heads up for tomorrow. Uh, I just got back from a minister and leaders conference with uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and the name of the conference was uh, The 300. And uh, I'm going to talk tomorrow about the 300 because it plays right in line with what we're talking about today and where we're going, what's happening over the next uh, decade. Right. You know, where are we going over the next decade? And I'll tell you this, this is very interesting to me. Most of the time when uh, people like will receive a word from God, here's what's going on in 2021. It's the next year. They'll get one year, yeah. you know, maybe two or three at the most. But I've heard multiple people in the last year that the Lord showed them the next decade. 
In other words, there's something big about this decade, and it's going to, we'll really kind of start talking about that today, but we'll finish it. There's some specific points that we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow about the 300, and um, it just, it was a great meeting, uh, very, very good impartation, and uh, today we're going to talk about where are we actually located, because a lot of people have been sitting there, and they're thinking, what in the world is going on? And uh, what I want to do is back in 2006, uh, the Lord gave me a word and we were actually praying uh, in front of a church service and it was first time I'd ever felt this and I realized I'm about to have a word come out right now. And I didn't know it. I'd never experienced that before, but I received it right then. I said, I'm, I'm about to have a word. And I told my wife, Nicole, I said, go get a piece of paper and a pen. And whatever I say, write it down as fast as you can. Wow. And um, so the Lord gave me a word and gave me understanding of the word. So I'll give you the exact word, and then I'll give you uh, what I uh, spent some time in prayer and getting the understanding of it, what it was about to be. So that's what I have in front of me uh, today. And this was in 2006. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought that it was for then. And in a way it was, but it was, that was just the beginning. It basically, it's coming. Okay. This is what I'm about to say was coming. I would say today we're right in it right now. This is here. Uh, that word in 2006, 14 years ago, is now here. And, uh, you know, then I'm not quite as patient as I am today. And exactly, Miss Marilyn said, uh, Pastor Tracy talked about the next d decade last, last night. night. So it's interesting, Brother Tracy uh, said, I've never received it before, but the Lord gave me an insight and vision for a decade. And uh, Dr. Rodney said the same thing, I've never received it before, the Lord gave me insight for a decade. So what that means to me is there's something very important about this decade and what does God have lined up for us and how important is it that we are in place, we are doing what we need to do, when we need to do it, and uh, that we are not playing games and we're not fooling ourselves thinking that we're doing well when we're actually not. This is a decade that we need to be ready on time and producing, not talking about fruit, we need actual fruit. Yes. And uh, a lot of times we don't have the fruit that we need because we assume that we have fruit. And what we need to do is take a biblical look at, are we winning souls? Are we not, not talking about winning souls? And I'm not talking about one or two a year for a church. You know, as a church and as a ministry, uh, we have over 1,900 commitments to yes. Christ in 2020 with a six-month lockdown, basically. Mm. Uh, so, and with people acting crazy, over 1,900, and that's lower than our normal. Are we, do we have the fruit of souls? Are we making disciples? Do I see discipleship and uh, discipline towards the Lord growing in the people around us? Or are we just talking about it? Right. Or are they going to the place where they have, you know, the mark of a true disciple is that we have fruit. 
You know, if we don't have fruit and we're not walking these things out, then we're not really disciplined after them. And that it'll be the love of God and the fruit that the Bible lays out, which are five areas that we've laid out uh, to make it clear. Like one of these you could keep together, but, but we make it clear so that one's not skipped over. Right. Souls, disciples, power, healing, miracles, revelation, Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, supernatural revelation from the word, rhema words that are life-changing, not just I get the Holy Ghost goosebumps, right. life-changing words. You said this and this happened, you know, revelation from heaven. And then uh, the last is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, patience. kindness, self-control, all of these things, goodness, self-control, all of the fruit of the Spirit needs to be seen yeah. In people. Matter of fact, in uh, one of the epistles, actually a couple of the epistles, it talks about it where Paul basically says, if you don't have a heart change in people, and in, I'm giving you my paraphrase in context, if you don't have heart change in people, you're not doing your job as a church, as right. a ministry. So we want to see fruit, and fruit should not just be in the pastor, fruit should be in every person. Uh, in the ministry, it should be ongoing or a number. Not everybody's going to receive it. Even with Jesus, not everybody did. But for the people that are given to Christ, you should see fruit rising. Yes. And so this is a decade of fruitfulness uh, that we need to make sure that we're producing fruit, not just agreeing ab about fruit. We should be seeing it and producing it, not just agreeing. Please put that in the comments. This is a decade to be fruitful, not just agree with fruit. Yeah. This is a decade to be fruitful, not just agree with fruit. And uh, so this is also talking about that. And this is where we're located today. And I want to give it to you. So this is, I call this uh, those things uh, because it's taken uh, from Hebrews chapter 12. Those things which cannot be shaken, those things. And it says, here's the exact word that I had written down from the Lord. The foundation of the church is starting to shake. The body of Christ is about to be shaken. Unfertile soil is being sifted. Only fertile soil will remain. Purpose yourself to be fertile. You are a temple, a living temple. You are living stones meant to grow together and not to be dead. It is to be life. Show life. Shine life. In your life, magnify the power of Jesus, His love and His grace. A living temple. Be fertile or be fruitful. Cast out all that is dead in you personally and corporately. The foundation is about to be shaken. Don't be sifted. Stone will crack as the anointing enters from heaven. All right, so now I'm just going to read this to you, and uh, we'll talk about each little step in here. But, you know, one of the things to remember is going back to the beginning of this year. And then you'll, you'll recognize the, you know, where we're going with this as we come to a close today. At the beginning of this year, 
the Lord gave me a word. I was waking up. I had just gotten back from a month in Africa. I was getting ready to come and preach on Sunday morning. And the Lord, as I'm waking up, speaks strongly in my spirit. You know what he says. Yes, sir. It's time, time for an awakening. awakening. And he says it very clear. It's yes. time oh. for an awakening. Uh, have that main camera come back to both of us, please. It's time yes. for an awakening. Yes. So you heard that. And then a couple of days later, I uh, talked with, uh, I'm reviewing some messages while I was gone. And I hear a message that Barrett left like a month and a half before that I hadn't heard yet. And in that, she has a vision where she sees darkness cover the earth. And then Jesus flips a match to the earth and the whole earth goes up in the fire of God. Yes. And then he says, it's time. And uh, what we were recognizing is it's not just time for a revival in one place. It's a time for a worldwide awakening that changes culture. Yes. It's time for an awakening to God that changes culture. Yes. All right. So then we don't know that the whole nation's about to be on lockdown. We don't understand. We don't know yet everything that's about to happen. All we know is what we've heard from the Lord and what he's shown us so far. And what we hear is it's time for an awakening. Now, then the Lord brings this to me as I'm preaching in that series, and he reminds me. And as I read over it, I am sobered heavily. Uh, and so let, let's look at this. I'm just going to read what I have, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Where are we today in this period of time? Now, we know from Scripture that we are in the last of the last days. We know from Scripture that we are there right now. We're not just in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. It is as close as we've ever been you know, to the rapture, to the church being removed from the earth, yep. the pillar of truth being removed, and moving into the tribulation. Of course, just you know, uh, time and logic tells you we're closer than we've ever been before. But it literally, when... The Lord gave me this word in 2006, literally from this time, it's like everything morally just went to hell. Right. And that's the way it felt. And that's, that's really, I mean, morally, uh, we started going into things I never thought that we would get to until much later in my life. Yeah. But uh, morally, things were just not in a good place. And then all of a sudden, we come up to 2020. And you can tell something's, something's surrounding this year. Then we have that word. Then we have COVID breakout and the lockdown. And so let me just read this to you. This word came to me before our Sunday service in October of 2006. At the time, I had no idea what the word was about. Since then, it has not only remained in my spirit, but God has kept its fire burning in me and kept me in prayer over it. Later, I knew in my spirit that this shaking that had begun would change the world as we know it. This would also change the body of Christ into a church that the present times have not known before. A mature church where people stop looking to men and look only to the man, Jesus. Yes, sir. And this is where we're at now. We see a church that looks totally different in 2019 than it does today. 
It looks totally different. The churches that are ongoing, uh, first of all, they've got some grit in their crawl if they're open at, at all mm-hmm. because it's been challenged this year. Uh, and you see pastors that still are not open. Some churches have said, we will not open until 2021. Right. And uh, I mean, not playing games, but uh, if you're not open yet, you might want to consider just staying close because what were you doing? Um, it's an important thing, and I'm not playing games with it. I was going to say whole denominations yes. are still closed. Yeah. Entire denominations of the body of Christ are still closed. I would say if you don't see the importance of the assembly when the world needs more help than they've ever seen. And if you don't have that much importance on the assembly in the first place, why open back up? I mean, really, why do that? It is time. It is time for an awakening and it starts in the church. And so one of the things, the first line of this is the foundation of the church is starting to shake. The body of Christ is about to be shaken. Yes. So this is the rest of what I will read. I will quote the lines of the word that the Lord gave specifically, but then I'll give you what my understanding of it was and what I wrote out in 2006. Many of you have felt the shifting that's going on. Many of you have talked to or contacted me speaking of the major changes on the horizon that you sensed in the spirit or that were already occurring in and around your lives. Many of you have been wondering, what is this stirring I feel? Why does my life seem like it's turning upside down and inside out? What is God doing? What is going on? God gave me this example. Imagine the church as a car engine. God is disassembling the engine piece by piece, then putting it back together in a different configuration. The new engine will be stronger, more efficient, and produce more power. The fuel to be used in this new engine is love. Love is the only fuel that will work in this new engine. The old engine would run on an assortment of fuels, even dirty and unpurified ones. Love is the only fuel that the new engine and church will run on. Now you have to understand, the church in itself is not a new church. It's our perception in this, our perception of what church was is changing to what it really should be. Uh, And so he says, that's what this new engine, this new church will run on. This is the church that is to fulfill the will and purpose of God in this time. We have the opportunity to love God back and be right in the middle of God's will and to produce for our King. Hallelujah. 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 Oh my. Amen. So, you know, I love the picture of this engine and uh, the Lord showed this to me and it seems to have really played out in this year is that the church literally was, uh, the American church literally is disassembled. That's right. You know, I mean, it, it's completely disassembled. And then you saw pieces coming back together and you're seeing some pastors that were pastors, yeah. they won't be pastors anymore. And you see new ones that weren't before 2020 mm-hmm. that now are churches that w- did not exist That's right. in 2019 now exist in 2020. Yeah. And there's the church, you have to be Loving God to be going on in this time, uh, you really have to uh, have love 
as the backing agent. Because if it was just a business, uh, many churches are not together, are not assembling, that were just a business. And you see this engine, and, and it's kind of like what I imagined in my head was, um, yeah, it was disassembled. That's exactly it, Kevin. And um, uh, Kevin, we miss you today. You're wow. not here behind the, the camera. We miss you. Yeah, Look it was that. disassembled. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. good, isn't that's it? That's a good word yeah. right there, Kevin Buck. Let, let oh, me, my. God is disassembling the engine. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, for pointing wow. that out. Disassembling. <laughs> yeah. And they are still disassembled. Yeah. Why? Because they're extra parts. <laughs> well, what I see is, you know, you had an... You had some engines that would run on about anything back in the day. Mm. As long as it would burn, you could put it in there. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. As long as it would burn a little bit, you could put it in there. Yeah. But you have some of these newer high-tech engines, which I, I knew some about them, but not as much as I do today. You have some of these new high-tech engines. If you don't have the perfect fuel in there, yes. they will not run. That's right. And they, they definitely won't go anywhere. Yeah. And so I saw like this big old clunker, hoop the car and engine, you know, of the 70s and 80s, you know, that would run anything through the engine almost. That's right. And then I see these new high-tech ones that will produce an output at levels that the 70s and 80s would only, you know, hope for. Mm -hmm. And now, as a matter of fact, just the other day I was talking to uh, uh, Chris Griffin and we were talking about motorcycles. And he said, when I had my motorcycle, he said, I, I had souped it up, done everything to it. And uh, I mean, I had, I had a fast souped up bike and it would, it would put out like 100 horsepower. I think he said 90 to 105 horsepower, sure. or something like that. He said, the ones coming off the factory floor today are putting out 200 horsepower. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference. A huge difference. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But the they can't be loose. They can't have parts that barely fit together or run any kind of fuel in them. Right. You have to have exacts. It's got to be precise. And that's the way the church is supposed to be in this age. Yes. We're not looking for churches that can hold a business together. We're looking for churches that produce. Yes. And that's what's happening in this time. So in order for God to get to his glorious church, which we know has to be before Jesus comes back, he's got to have a shaking of that church to break it apart so that the pieces that don't belong can fall off and won't go back. They, and he's taken all the parts that are supposed to be there and he's putting them back together, assembling them back together mm -hmm. to have a high octane output. Yes. I mean, power of God. Last night in the prayer, Brother Tracy was saying, it's time for us to believe for the power gifts again, yeah. to confess the power gifts. We're in the, you know, uh, the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the working of miracles. We need to see the power gifts in the church again. Yeah. Not, not just under a tent. In the church, and when I say in the church, I'm not just talking about under a, a, a congregational assembly. I'm talking about the body of Christ that goes everywhere all day, that you're carrying mm. a gift of healing. You're carrying a gift mm. of miracles. You're carrying the gift of faith. So no matter where we go as the body of Christ, 
those that lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Yes, They'll sir. cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. We're talking about a church, y'all. Amen. <laughs> That's a good thing to put in the comments. We're talking about a church, y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have a witness on that, throw some hands up in the comments right now. Glory to God. So the next, before we go on, you got anything to say about that? Man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting all these these pictures in my mind. You're talking about this this engine and everything else, and and you know uh, the looseness of the the old yes. engines that yeah. burnt just about anything, and that's true. And re- but you remember what the exhaust looked like coming out of those vehicles? Yes, it was nasty, nasty, oh, dirty. It nasty. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, just you know banana peels shooting out of the the tailpipe of these things. They were it was just gross. Yes, uh, yeah. But now. The uh, the exhaust you you can't only you can't hardly even smell it because it's so clean well, and they, it's so efficient. They have some you know engines that run on propane. Yes. And their exhaust is literally water. Yeah. Yeah. That's their exhaust, yeah. like drinkable water coming mm-hmm. out of coming mm-hmm. out of that because yeah. it's so pure. It burns so clean. There you go. Yeah. And it's efficient. And that's the thing. And that's yes. what you're pointing to. You know, you're there's no about, waste. Right. Those engines of the, the 60s and 70s uh, that burnt like that, they were huge engines with huge displacements. They bur- and their, yeah. their efficiency was so awful, they got like two miles to the gallon to 50 miles to the tire. I yeah. mean, it was bad. Imagine, go ahead. They're Sorry. doing that now. They're getting double the horsepower with half the, half the, the displacement That's engine. what I mean. And Kevin Buck, he's on it today. He says, even greater works than Jesus did according to the Word of God. See, that's the kind of stuff we need to be believing for. What if the church was so well put together as a glorious church that even its waste was still living water? That even its waste byproduct is the living water of God. Come on. Man, we're talking about a church now. You see, and so you can see how this picture that the Lord gave me of this Man, that's what God wants in this time. Yeah. All right. So now here's the next one. Unfertile soil is being sifted. Only fertile soil will remain. Cast out all that is dead in you personally and corporately. Yeah. Unfertile soil, before I read this, unfertile soil is talking about a soil that doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't produce life. It doesn't produce fruit. Then it says, you, talking to the person that's reading this or hearing this, you cast out all that is dead. If there's anything in you that's not producing life, that's not producing fruit, make sure that you get it out of your life. Cast it all out of you, not only personally, but also corporately. So churches and people, if you've got something that's holding back the fruit of the Bible, the the souls, discipleship, power, revelation, fruit of the Spirit, if you have something that's holding, cast it out of you. This is a command for this time. This is not a time to play games in. Cast it out. Cast it out. Yes. So here's, here's what the understanding the Lord gave me on this. That fertile soil is love. Only love will remain. We must make sure that we remove anything from our lives that isn't founded in 
love. Now, I want you to understand something, because a lot of people have different ideas about love. First of all, love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. So many people think love is when I give you whatever you want. But that's not love. That's not what love is. Uh, Many people think love is letting you do whatever you want to do. That also is not love. By biblical definition, that is not love. Letting you do. Love is following the command of God. He said, if you if you love me, you'll keep my commandment, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, you, and so some people have the idea that if I give all my possessions to the poor, that's love. And yet in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, we can see that you can be in that situation and still not be in love. Or because it says in that verse that even if I give all my possessions to the poor or I give my body to be burned and have not love, So I can be in the position where I'm giving all my stuff away, I'm giving myself to be burnt out, and I'm still not in love. We must understand that love is based off of this. And why is it? Because God is absolute love, and Jesus was this Word made flesh. That was it. And what Jesus tells us, even if we disagree with it, even if we think what Jesus said is intolerant, it actually is always love. And it will always bring about the best in your life, my life, your life, everybody's life because of the nature of him. The nature of God is that love. And so love is not tolerance. Love is not giving you whatever you want. Love is not giving you what you think you want. Love is giving you the things of God who's not looking to hold back from us. See, God, many people, and the devil has painted this picture. I just feel like there may be somebody that's watching this. That the devil has painted this picture that God's holding stuff back from you. He's this big meanie in the sky. That's not who he is. Actually, when when you get to see the whole picture of this, you'll find out just how giving God has been the whole time. And he's not trying to keep you away from uh, the good stuff. He's actually trying to keep you away from the stuff that'll harm you. And it's kind of like, you know, the Lord gave me this picture years ago is uh, what if I, what if I told like my son, Luke, uh, what if I told him, uh, if he told me, Dad, I believe uh, that I can fly. And I said, no, you can't, son. And I won't let you. Now, what if I told him that? Well, most people would look at me and say, well, you're just a jerk dad. Maybe he could create something and fly and everything. Don't hold him back from his dreams. That's how the world would look at that. But what if I told you the rest of the story? Because, see, although we can see each other physically, we live in a spiritual world. And what if, you know, you zoomed out of that situation and what you actually saw, the details of it was, I'm hanging out the window and he's on, he's, he's on, on the ledge of the roof and he's got his Superman cape around him and he's about to jump two stories down and says to me, I can fly. Well, am I still the same mean dad? But see, just because you couldn't see what was actually happening in that, in that scenario made it look like I was harsh. 
when I was actually very loving. Right. And see, that's what's going on a lot of times in this. And so for us to understand love, we have to see what the spiritual scenario and the spiritual situation. Yeah. And the Bible proves to us time and time again that there's many things that we don't see. There's times where we need our spiritual eyes opened. And this book will help us do that on a regular basis. And then we'll understand when God was saying, no, I don't want you to do that. Now you will understand why he was telling us not. And it, what, what looked like he was holding us back, he was actually pouring out love and mercy and grace on us the whole time. Yes. So now look at this. That fertile soil is love and only love will remain. We must make sure that we remove anything from our lives that isn't founded in love. Yeah. Anything that is not set on the foundation of love is dead and will not stand. Now watch this, watch this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes. And in God, perfect love cast out all fear. So now the question is, as believers, as Christians, and as churches, are we operating in faith or, or are we operating in fear? Are we putting on Bible hope, joy, confidence, expectation? Are, is that the area that we're actually living in? Or are we operating in an area that the world, the corrupted world, has taught us? And so what you're seeing right now, and we're going to step into it, is God is going to shake things. In Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, uh, we're going to take a look at that. But Hebrews, Hebrews it says, let, let's just go there right now because it's going to be important. So Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, I highlighted my pages. <laughs> Good notes. Amen. He says this, Hebrews 12 and verse 26. Now right before this in verse 25, it says that are we going to escape what God's doing? And basically the context is we're not going to escape what God does. And so let's, and what he's getting at is, so don't play around with it. Well, I'm telling you, we are right in the middle. Where are we? We are right in the middle of the shaking. Yes. One of the final shakings of this earth before Jesus returns. We are right in the middle of it. Verse 26, and his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, God has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes what, hear this, the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So in other words, God's going to shake it mm -hmm. so that the things that need to be removed will be removed, and the things that can't be removed because they're solid in God, they'll remain. And so he's taken this church, what people thought was the church, mm -hmm. what people called the church, but might not have really been his church. He took that whole crowd in 2020, and he sh it's God shaking it. Yeah. 
He's shaking it. He's allowing this thing to be shaken. He's shaking some of it himself. He's shaking it. And the stuff that's not him is being shaken right out. That's right. And what's remaining is what's him. A glorious church. Verse 28. Therefore, since we, re- we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. In other words, the fire of God has hit the threshing floor and it's being purged and what's being purified and made whole. He's getting rid of the trash. The shaking has happened. There's a sifting and there's some things that are going to fall through and there's some things that are going to remain. And you don't want any part of your life in the middle of this shaking. You don't want any part of your life that has attachments to stuff that can be removed. Because when it's removed, it can hurt and it can cause damage. But if you'll go after God and you will you will filter yourself and you will only hold on to things that are full of life, full of God, then when you're shaken, it won't affect you. You'll feel it. You'll see it. But you will come out stronger than before, producing more than before. That's what's happening right now. Hallelujah. He said, anything that's not set on the foundation of love is dead and will not stand. These are the flesh pieces that need removing from us. These chunks of selfish motivations in our lives cannot stand in this new era. We must recognize that God did not place these areas in our lives, but it was us paying homage to our flesh and worldly desires that allowed these things to be so firmly rooted in our being. As this shift occurs, these worldly roots must be removed so that we can either tell our flesh no and judge ourselves or leave God no choice but to remove them for us so that we can remain relevant in the kingdom. See, God wants you and I and he wants you to be relevant in everything that we do. But you can't be relevant. I can't be relevant as a church. We can't be relevant if we keep holding on to fleshly pillars. Right. They're going to fall. They're going to crumble. And this is a time where God himself is going to shake them out. And if we try to hold on to them, we will go down with them. That's right. So it's a time for us to say, I'm not holding on to any flesh anymore. I'm not going to give it any uh, due diligence. I'm letting it go. It's going to fall. Yes. And I'm not going to have any part with it. I have part with God. I have part with love. I have part with fruitfulness, with faith, hope, and love. These three things will abide. Hallelujah. They'll abide. They'll stand. So I'm going to make my life part of faith, part of hope, part of the love of God. And because those things will abide and stand, and I'm going to stand with him. All right. The whole body of Christ is made up of ministers. Now, if there's something that somebody says and I need to know it, tell me. Yes, sir. (laughs) I I saw Buddy (laughs) post something earlier. I didn't get to read it before it went up the screen. Sorry, Buddy. (laughs) And uh, it says this whole body of Christ is made up of ministers. And if you have accepted Jesus as your savior, you are a minister of the gospel everywhere you go. 
Now, I'm not just, I'm not talking about fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Right. I'm talking about the Word says that if you know Jesus, you're a minister of the gospel. Yes, sir. We should all be proclaiming the good news around the world to every creature, right? Yes. So it says if you're, if you're in church, you're a minister. If you're in the grocery store, you're a minister. At home, in the car, at work, at play, your life is a ministry of Jesus Christ. If you are in the fivefold ministry, I'm talking about you too. We must not leave, and, and what I'm getting at here, you'll see, we must not leave ministry inside the church walls and just perform ministry on Sundays and, and midweek services. Amen. Ministry is meant to be 24-7 yes. everywhere we go because yes. we are a minister. Do we stop being a minister when we step out of the doors? No. no. I'm either a minister or I'm not. No matter if I'm 16 years old or if I'm 46 years old. Makes no difference. I am either a minister of God or I'm not. And so everywhere I go... I carry who I am and what I am with me. Yes. Are we a minister or are we holding on to the flesh saying, no, that's not me? See, you're a minister. And see, I see many pastors and, and apostles, prophets, man, evangelists, pastors, teachers, mm -hmm. they feel like their only ministry is when they're on a platform. That's why they don't win souls throughout the week. Because they're, they sense the anointing here, but they don't carry it with them Monday through Saturday. Right. We are designed to carry an anointing, not just the fivefold ministry. Every believer is designed to carry the anointing so that those that lay hands on the sick, believers, when they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. They'll yes. cast out devils. You know, this is the anointing with the church. Not just fivefold ministers, but fivefold ministers need to be carrying it everywhere we go too. Yes, we are the church. We are the church everywhere yes. we go. We must not leave ministry inside church walls and just perform ministry on Sundays and the midweek service. We must make absolutely sure that every action and thought is founded in love and not founded in personal motivations. We must weigh our motivations against the word, not against another's level of righteousness. Yes. So I can't just, I can't just say, well, my motivations are better than your motivations. Mm -mm. That, it, that doesn't matter. Right. What are my motivations compared to Jesus' motivations? That's my curve. Jesus is my curve. You know, put that in the comments right now. Jesus is our curve. Jesus is our curve. You know, we don't we don't weigh, you know, who we are and what we do against other people. We look at it and we compare ourselves to him. That's right. Because our job is to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ in Ephesians four, mm -hmm. to grow up into the fullness of the of the stature of Christ. We must make absolutely sure that every action and thought is founded on love and not founded on personal motivations. We must weigh our motivations against the word, not against another's level of righteousness. Our love walk or lack thereof is not something that will be graded on a curve according to the others around us. Corporately and personally, we need to examine every motivation according to the word with an extreme 
and genuine examination. Yes, sir. Man, I got to, you and I were talking about some stuff yesterday that we got to, and what was it I said to you? I, I purpose myself to flee not just every youthful, lustful action, and we're talking about youthful lust. I say this a lot because I think people always just relate it to sexual things. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about anything that would cause you to lust after sin. Lust after ungodliness. So anything, and our job is to flee any youthful lust after that. Anything that would desire that. But we many times we'll just say actions, but we're okay with thoughts Mm -hmm. and the heart, you know. And so what I told you yesterday was I've made it a habit of mine that I don't just flee the action, I flee the thought. Right. Because if I can flee the thought, I'll never get myself into the action. Right. I'll avoid, and I, I think I said it this way, I look to flee and avoid thought traps. Yes. Not just act traps in action and traps in, in um, you know, physical action that I may take. I want to avoid the thought trap. Yes. Because if I can avoid the thought trap, I can much easier avoid the action, right? And so this is something where we need to be able to lay these things on the altar and kill them. Yes. All right. It says, I'll read this again, corporately and personally. So not just personally, but in a church. What's holding us back in a church? Corporately and personally, we need to examine every motivation, every church especially in this age, ought to lay on the line and lay on the altar, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Yes. And let me read this and I'll give you an example. Corporately and personally, we need to examine every motivation according to the word with extreme genuine examination. Quick thoughts of, oh, I'm fine, or a lack of genuine self-judgment will not pass unaffected through this shaking and shifting. Whoo. It will not pass unaffected. So now I I want you to see this. When we first went to do an outreach, we were going to the fair uh, to pass out water. Yes. And the Lord said um, we were trying to get like a banner put up that said Boomerang Church. And the Lord asked me a question that changed me. And this is this is a good example of this. He said, are you going to the fair to serve? which is what I would have said until he asked this part, or are you going to the fair to market Boomerang? Wow. And I went, <laughs> um, in other words, here's his real question. Are you willing to pay money for a booth just to serve even if nobody knew who you were? Would you pay money to serve? Or are you paying money to market yourself? And what was he asking me? What's your motivation? Right. And I said, and and I want you to hear this. We need to take every motivation and judge it with extreme genuine examination from the word. And, um, you know, again, second sentence, quick thoughts of, oh, I'm fine. And a lack of genuine self-judgment will not pass unaffected through the shaking and shifting. So now this was, you know, 10 years ago or whenever it was that that happened. But what I told the people, I I immediately got in touch with our leadership and I said, here's what we're going to do. 
I said, I don't want one thing with our name on it this year. Uh, just, just to make sure that our heart, we're going to put our flesh in its place. Hallelujah. We're not going to have anything with our name on it. Because we're not going out there just to market. We're going out there to serve our community. Yes. And we want to make sure our motivation is right. And uh, you know what was funny was when we did that, that caught people's attention. Yeah. Like, and they started talking about that church that was out here not even trying to market it just to serve. What a great thing in the community, yes. which I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought, man, this is a waste of marketing opportunity in, in the logic. Right. But we made sure that our motivation was correct, and we needed to, to make sure it was. That's the kind of stuff we need to check. Churches, people, we need to sit down and say, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You know, and the truth be told, much of the church in 2019 was solely to build their own kingdom and build their own name in ministry, right. to build a resume. And that's not going to cut it in this new engine, in this new church, in this glorious church. That's not going to cut it that's right. personally or corporately. And we need to make sure, you know, ministers, are we going in churches to build our resume, to build our kingdom just so that we can be advanced later on? Or are we going in to serve? It's a, it's a good question. It is. It'll challenge you. Yeah. Especially when you let, you know, this is just me opening it up to you. Let the Holy Ghost start opening up some stuff to you. Whoo, he'll lay it on the altar quick. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh my goodness, ask the Lord to show you if I have any wrong motivation. Matter of fact, let's just pray right now. Hallelujah. You just agree with me. Father, if we have any wrong motivations, we just humbly come before you right now. And we ask that both corporately and personally, Lord, show us any motivations that are not of you. Thank you, Lord. Show us any motivations that are not operating in love. Let us put it on the altar and have a decision to make to kill it or hold on to it. Lord, show it to us and give us the strength to say bye-bye to it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Here we go. As far as the fivefold ministry is concerned, don't be surprised if you see pastors and teachers, prophets, evangelists, and apostles being removed and shifted to new places in the body. This is going to happen. For example, some true apostles will be removed from their incorrect placements as pastors and be placed into their true role. Some pastors operating out of their office as evangelists and prophets will be moved into their true role, etc. Some will be removed, some will just be moved, and some will be new pieces engineered into new placements. Some will be moved into positions that look lower than their present position. The key to remember is that God is the builder building his church to fulfill his purpose and his will. I imagine that many of you have already witnessed this occurring. I have this year. I've seen pretty much each one of those things already happen this year. Yep. <laughs> purpose yourself to be fertile. See, here's the issue. Many people out of place have not been fruitful. Mm-hmm. They were infertile, and God says, I want you to be fertile. I want you to be fruitful. And he's moving them to a place that looks like lesser, but in the kingdom, it's actually more. Yes. 
in the kingdom, it's more fruitful. It's more productive. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Purpose, here's, here's from the word directly. Purpose yourself to be fertile. You are a temple, a living temple. You are living stones meant to grow together and not to be dead. It is to be life. Show life. Shine life in your life. Magnify the power of Jesus. Magnify his love. Magnify his grace. A living temple. Be fertile. I wrote this. Many of you will join the true calling that God has on your life. Glory to God. What a glorious day. Many of you will join the true calling that God has on your life. Is there anybody that's going to walk in the true calling that God has for your life? And put a hands up in the comments. I'm going to be in my true calling. But see, here's the thing. Many times the flesh has wanted to be seen and known. So it's been in a position. But that wasn't where God called, and they'll never be fruitful like they can be in the, in the real place. That's right. How many people are more concerned about the growing of God's kingdom and fruitful in his kingdom than the fruitfulness in your own destiny? Not realizing that your destiny is being held back because of a fleshly desire to be seen and known. But see, when we're more concerned about the kingdom than we are with ourselves, that gives us the ability to be in a rightful place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The dreams that he has given you will come into reality. The gifts he built into you before time began will swell up in you and have to be released. If you are born again, you are all high priests and kings of the kingdom. You're, you're priests and kings of the kingdom. Most of, most of all, you have the king's inheritance. You are his children, his sons and daughters. The highest inheritance and gift is God's love. We are to share that love with everyone in every situation and at every moment in time. We must purpose within ourselves to be fertile soil of love, to be the fertile soil of love. As our responsibility, we must choose to allow love to be the fertilizer of our life, a perfect place for the perfect seed, Jesus to take root and produce fruit of himself. These sentences are so power packed. Yes, sir. Amen. Kevin Buck, you just got the hundredth comment today. Glory to God. You win the gift card. You don't get that opportunity many times when you're here, but you won it today. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Each one of these. Thank you for showing me that. Yes, sir. Each one of these sentences are so, there's so much in this and uh, it's good to take it and meditate on it. We must purpose, we must, uh, we are to share that love with everyone in every situation and at every moment in time. We must purpose within ourselves to be the fertile soil of love. As our responsibility, we must choose to allow love to be the fertilizer of our life, a perfect place for the perfect seed, Jesus, to take root and produce fruit of himself. This is done in our daily activities. We must not allow self-righteousness to make us hypocrites to the world, but to love and to share mercy and grace. The life and the mortar of this new church, this new body, is love. We are to be love, to show love, to shine love. Now, I'll remind you again about love. Love is not all, you know, feely good in the flesh. Right. 
Love, the same love that died on the cross was the same love that drove the money changers out of the temple. Mm -hmm. That was love as well. The same love that was quiet in front of uh, his accusers was the same love that called the Pharisees, you wicked men. You know, brood of vipers. Yeah, brood of vipers. Den of, den of thieves talking to the money changers. He says, you are full of dead men's bones. You whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. You're the blind leading the blind, and both of you will fall into the pit. That was love as well. Yeah. So when, I, when you hear the word love, don't think that it's weak and sissy. It's not. No. It's strong. And it, and it does have a truth to it, but that truth will set you free instead of uh, worldly facts that will keep you in bondage. There's a truth. There's an edge to the truth. Put that in the comments. There's an edge to the truth. That doesn't mean that you have to be abrasive, but understand that it's not always the gentleness that the flesh thinks it is. It's not a fleshly gentleness. But wielding the love of God and the sword of the Spirit with the gentleness on people, but an edge against an enemy that would cause people to be in bondage. Don't let your light be hidden from anyone. In your life, magnify the power of Jesus, His love and His grace. It's time to finally make up our minds that we will allow God to persuade us in his doctrines. We will not be persuaded by denominations, grandma's wishes, your pastor, or your religion. When we open our minds and our spirits to God's will, the power of God will be there to transform the world around you. Yes. You can see that in uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. All of these, if you noticed in those notes, they all have, um, you know, what is it? Scripture somewhere. They have references. Yes. So that this whole back page is all the references. Like it's all scripture. Yes. It says, when we open our minds and our spirits to God's will, the power of God will be there to transform the world around you. Things will happen everywhere you go, not just in a church building. It will start with your decision, with your decision, with my decision. If you really choose the fullness of God, you will see the full salvation of the Lord visit you and your area. Do you let God consume you or do you let man's religion deceive you? My God, <laughs> that is so, I'm, so right. powerful. The foundation is about to be shaken. Don't be sifted. We probably, just so y'all know, we probably got 10, 15 more minutes. <laughs> they're, they're getting ready for the end. I'm, I still got that much to read. Then hey. we got to pray. Holy Ghost has got more to do here. The foundation is about to be shaken. Don't be sifted. The religious church as we have known it is about to be abolished. Now this is 2006, but it had started then. The, the shaking had started then. That's really about the time that you started to see the moral foundations really crack all over the country. And see, here's the thing. 
Now, and please see this. The reason why the moral foundation shook is because the church thought that it was at a good place. But it was not a glorious church. No. It was a church with a lot of bad fuel, a church with a bad configuration, a church with a bad uh, kingdom model. And God had, in other words, we thought we were okay. But the truth is we weren't even close to okay. No. And that's the situation we find ourselves in. And God says, I got to shake it up. That's why the moral foundations went down. Had the, had the church been the glorious church and in good shape, the moral foundations wouldn't have been broken. No. That, those moral foundations that broke up were fruit of the position of, and the health of the church. You see, the health of the church was shown by the fruit right. in the country. Okay, now, here's this. The religious church as we have known it is about to be abolished. I, and this is me writing. I would not be surprised if within the next 10 to 20 years, this was 14 years ago, mm -hmm. the majority of churches open today will have closed their doors. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that's 2020. Yeah. I believe, and we would say, well, it's because of virus. No, it's because you didn't believe in the assembly. That's right. <laughs> Those, listen, I, I feel like I have to say this. Go ahead. Those churches that close their doors and are not open today, I'm, please understand, I'm not bashing you. If, if you felt like the Lord said you need to close your doors, I, I get it. Okay? But there was not a government official that came by and shut the doors and put a lock on the, on the door. For the majority of churches, correct, yeah. Those churches were shut down voluntarily. Perhaps did they, yeah. were they following direction? Yes. Yeah. But they did it. Yeah. They shut their doors. I, I, I think it was Charlie Kirk just did a video. Yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm rating the churches into three areas, um, three C's. And one was courageous. Those are the churches that were ongoing the whole time and open. Uh, the second was complacent, and the third is complicit. And he said the complacent churches are, are, are some of them mm -hmm. are still not going to open, but some of them, they're on the fence right now, right. or they opened eventually, right, in those complacent churches. And, uh, but they're deciding, they're deciding whether or not to be open or they already have after they shut down. And they're realizing that was a mistake. And some of them are realizing that they still may want to be shut down, but that's that middle category. And he said, and then some of them are complicit and they're shutting down and would stay shut down. They're get, telling people and actually telling people, you need to listen to everything the government says, which is exactly opposite of what the word shows. That's right. He said, now that he said, the problem definitely is with the complicit churches. I applaud the courageous churches. He said, but we don't need to be, beat up the complacent churches. I'm not trying to beat them up. Right. But remember what I just had everybody put in the comments. The truth has an edge. Yeah. And you need to let the edge of the word cut you if necessary. Yes, sir. I had to. 
I had to, and I tried to do that all the time. Yes. I let even these words that I'm reading now, Lord, let it cut me. That's why I prayed myself just a few minutes ago. If I'm missing something or my motivations are wrong or our motivations as a church is off, Lord, show us. In other words, what am I saying? Cut me. Yes. Cut me, Lord, with the sword, with the truth. Lord, I open myself up to you. Cut us if we need to. If we have something out of place, please show us, cut us. Cut that, cut that infertile place off so that we can be 100% fruitful and glorious. Yes. It's very important. So, a lot of people too, Pastor, are, they're just um, folks that are just unwilling to get on the surgery table. Yes. They're just unwilling to get that, yes. that, that tumor, that, that, yeah. that deadness, that, that thing off of them. Yeah, you've got to. You have to put yourself on that table yeah. and allow the and allow the surgeon to come in and cut that. In away. in order, those three were uh, courageous, complacent, and complicit. That's the ones. It was a really good video that he did. It was on his Instagram. Um, all right. So, and and hear this again. I I said it in 2006. I would not be surprised if within the next 10 to 20 years, the majority of churches open today will have closed their doors. And effectively, that's what happened this year. The majority of churches had their doors clo closed. I know of very few churches that stayed open the whole time. I'm glad that we did. Uh, I'm not proud of it because I don't want to be prideful over it, but I am very pleased with our church, just like the Father said, I, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Yes. I'm well pleased with the faith that I saw in our church. I'm pleased with that. Uh, but you, you have to understand, those doors were closed this year, and some of them will never open again. They won't recover from That's it. Right. And, and I spoke on it early on in the lockdown. And, and you have to answer this question. Okay, I shut it down when this little bit of fruit from COVID was there. At what point are you going to be able to justify in the hearts of people to open back up? And the majority of churches are still, even to this day, they're only seeing somewhere between 30 and 50% of the attendance that they had beforehand because you're going to have a hard time convincing people to come back after yep. you told them the reasons to go away. And that's where what is more important the sickness and somebody telling you to do something contrary to the word or the word of God to assemble. And see, one thing had its own throne. And you have to yes. say, which one was it? Which one had its own throne? And to me, the word of God has the throne. Yes. And if somebody dis disagrees with that, I'm sorry. But for many of the churches and many of the pastors, the wrong thing was on the throne, yes. and that was made evident. And, and some of those that were in the complacent category have now seen that, and they're switching that. And that's great. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. But it's time to allow the truth of the Word and the edge of that life-giving sword to cut what needs to be cut off yes. and let's get real because this, where are we located? We're located in a very real time. Yes. This is, if you think that, you know, like it's going to get magical after election day and everything's going to be just hunky dory, you're fooling yourself. Yep. It will, the word tells us it will get darker. Now, somebody in an election can help that. Yeah. You know, kind of hold off the tidal wave of darkness so that we can work and win people to the Lord during this time. That's right. And that's what's happening. But, but it's still going to get darker. 
It's still gonna, it's still gonna grow darker yeah. and it's time for the light of God to shine in that darkness and show the contrast of the hope of Jesus Christ yes. to the lack of hope that's found outside of him. Right. And, but you're not going to show the light of Christ if you don't allow the word of God to cut the pieces of flesh off of you. And you will not be as bright as you should. You will, in essence, be pulling the basket over your own head, yep. unless o- over your own light, unless you let the Lord, you know, lop off some of those pieces of flesh. Yeah. And it's time to allow God to do that. That's what humility does. Yes. I believe, I'm writing here, I believe that God is in the process of shaking up his body so that only the church filled with love will remain. To me, that seems absolutely clear what's happening right now. He has told us over and over again how important love is. He has dealt with our hearts on it, and he has preached, he's had it preached to us. He's prophesied on it. Now is the time to reap a harvest of the mature church, the mature sons of God, the love-matured children of God that are his body, that are his living stones, hewn from the very quarry of his love. A living church hewn from the rock, His son, Jesus Christ, a church that is the exact makeup, the exact spiritual DNA of that original rock who is love. Every other religious thing will be sifted. Don't be sifted. Make the choice for God only in your life. Man, I I forget at times how powerful this was (laughs) that I I wrote it. But and. um, I, I don't know who Eric is, but apparently they signed up, uh, you know, to receive all of the Democrat text messages on my number. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. I've been getting Eric. I've been getting thousands of them. Please don't do that ever again. <laughs> Hallelujah! You know, you, I'm sorry. I just keep going back to you're talking about uh, cutting, cutting away, cutting away, cutting away, and the and the Bible talks so much about. The wick trimming, you know, trimming that wick. Yeah. And it never made sense to me. I'm thinking, well, if you cut the wick down, isn't your flame going to be smaller? And if your flame is smaller, you're not going to have a great light. No. He's talking about cutting off the part of the wick that's already burnt. Yeah. Get it off. Yeah. Get it out. It's wasted. Trim that wick so that the flame can now flourish. So that the oil of God will completely fill the wick of our life because there's places where the oil can't flow. Yes. And he says, get get yourself so that you have an open flow so that you carry that flame eternally and at full strength, the consuming fire of God. Amen. The last uh, couple of lines in that word was his kingdom and his love cannot be shaken. They will not be shaken. They will stand the test of time and perform the task appointed to them. God is giving us this word so that we will remove ourselves from the world and from the fleshly things before he has to. Watch this. This was written in 2006. Mm -hmm. There was 14 years, you know, of anybody who would listen to this. Of course, you know, it wasn't widely known or anything, but I knew it. Right. And I've been preaching this since 2006. It's time to not play around. 
There's a time coming where there'll be a sifting, where there'll be a shaking. I've been preaching it for years and years. It's become very relevant this year. But here's the thing. He was telling us so that we would be prepared so that when that time came, we were not trying to figure it out, but we were ready to go. And so even if right now you're just now figuring it out, it's time for us to deal with it now, deal with it quickly, and you, you turn that heart to God, and God will help you. Yes. It, it'll be awesome. So he says, so I, I wrote this, but as we do this and come into line with his will, we will walk straight into victory. The things in your life that seemed incomplete... The small, annoying questions of doubt. The answers that you have been looking for are answered in love. God wants a mature church. God wants a church mature in his things. He is love. Then he told us that that love is the thing that all the other gifts pivot on and draw their power from. Yet in the past, the church has missed it. How do we know? Because love never fails. The church hasn't shown love to unborn children. The church hasn't shown love to morals in our country. The church hasn't shown love to our neighbor. Praise God, the time to change that is here. This is a world-changing shift. This is a shaking called for by God himself. It is good news to the world. God's time of glory is now. The kingdom of God is upon us. It's time for me and you as saints of God to walk in the fullness of love, to walk in God, to walk in Jesus, to walk in the spirit. It's time. It's time. It's time. Yes. Where are we? We're in the best time that we could ever be in. And then the last line of it, glory to God. It, before I say the last line of it, that it's time. It's time for an awakening. It's time for a culture change. It's time for the glory of God to be seen on this people. It's time for us to walk in the fullness that he's called us to. It's time to us to walk in all the greatness of Jesus yes. because he's in us. And as he is, so are we in this world. And we'll do these things in greater. It's time. Yes. It's time. It is time. Glory to God. That's where we're located. Now, the last thing uh, that was, the last line was, stone will crack as the anointing enters from heaven. And I said, honestly, I don't know clearly what this means yet. Uh, if you know of something that relates to this now or in the future, please share it. I, I look forward to hearing it. And uh, I think that'll be evident, whatever that thing is. I'm really curious uh, to see what it is, but I think it'll be good. And um, I didn't realize it, but I brought... I had you a copy too. Oh, you did? I, I forgot about it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. You were looking on your I had phone. It on my phone. But anyway, <laughs> I had that for you the whole time. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> it would have really helped if I, I'd I'm have given that. that to you the first time. Hallelujah. So, listen, we love you, and it is time. Yeah. It's time for us to walk in it. But how does that come to pass as you and I individually and as we as the body of Christ decide, Lord, whatever needs to come off of me, let it come off. Yes. I'm not going to hold you back. I need you. I need your fullness in my life. And uh, so it's time. And today as we wrap up, this is where we're at. You know, and here's the thing. This doesn't change. 
with the election. Right. It's still time, no matter who wins, yes. no matter who wins what office. That's right. It's still time. Yes. It's still time, and it's time for an awakening. And so it, it really makes no difference as to what our approach is. It may change uh, some differences in how we go about it, but our approach is the same. Lord, get everything off of me. It is not time to play games, but it is time for an awakening. Yes. And so we just praise God for you because we know that you also are called in this time to be the glorious church. And just write that in the comments right now. I am a part of the glorious church and I will walk it out. I am a part of the glorious church yeah. and I will walk it out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. If you want to sow today, today is, I'm, I'm not going to get into an offer message. You know what to do. And uh, you can type hashtag donate and the amount in Facebook or go to givebc.org. And Lord, whatever anybody sows, we just call it blessed. Press yes. down, shaking together, running over in Jesus name. Yeah. Lord, let it be supernatural in there lives. If you want to sow in this, this is what we're after. Being a part of the glorious church and we will at Boomerang at What's Right at Lutz Plus we will walk it out. That's who we are. That's who we will be and we will be that beautiful light of Christ on the darkness of the world. We will be everything that God's called us to be. Amen. 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 Do you have anything as we're wrapping up? I don't. That was super powerful. Amen. <laughs> Glory you. to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, thank you, listen, we thank you so much for being with us today on Lunch Plus. It went longer than normal, but uh, it's a special time. Yeah. It's a special time. Share the broadcast. Share it with people right now. People need to hear this word because there's people that are sitting there wondering what's going on. There's people that are sitting there saying, I need to know what to do. We just went over what to do. That's right. The heart to have and how to handle it. Share the broadcast if you haven't done it already. We love you. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be talking about the 300 and how that applies over the next 10 years. It's going to be good. It's going to be powerful. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, right now I'm going to hand it off to Buddy. He's going to wrap us up for today. We love you so very much. Have a great one. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, guys. Oh, hello. I'm in the park. Um, <laughs> Yes, guys, tomorrow we have an awesome broadcast for you. We're not going to be talking about the movie, The 300, um, right? right. With, with, you know, Spartans and stuff. We're going to be talking about something even more powerful from the Bible. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't know why I said that. But we have an awesome broadcast for you as well. Um, we are going to be having Bible trivia. Make sure you're there. You, we're going to be giving away some gift cards to some special winners for Bible trivia. We're also going to be doing a top, a special top 10. Uh, Barrett's out of town, so I'm going to be sharing with you my top 10. Guys, put in the comments, what do you think my top 10 is going to be for tomorrow? Guys, we love you. It's going to be an awesome broadcast tomorrow, so make sure we see you tomorrow at 1130. It's going to be powerful. Uh, Guys, make sure you share this broadcast um, because this was a powerful word. Share it. Get it out there. But guys, we love you, and we'll see you tomorrow at 1130. Bye, guys.